Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Good morning. Turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Be our launching scripture. Today we started a, a series last week called Divine Design, and we're looking, the uh, subtitle of that is God's Blueprint for Work That Matters, and so we are going to examine uh, the understanding from the Bible about work. Work is, um, is one of the most important areas of life. As we said last week, it takes up so much time and so much uh, attention the problem is that there are people who feel useless while working or they feel unspiritual concerning their, their jobs. And so we are going to look at what the Bible says about work. And we're going to examine this thoroughly uh, from many angles because we want to have a biblical understanding of work. So let's get some scriptures uh, if you want to uh, read, I'd have a number of, of scriptures. Uh, Owen is going to read Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Dennis, read for me. Uh, John 5, 17. Brian, Mark 6, verse 3. Uh, over here, Ventura, Genesis 2, verse 8. Uh, David, Genesis 2, verse 15. Eric, Genesis 3, 17. Then uh, Mark Porter, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Uh, David Sanchez, Genesis 1, 26. Wayne, Genesis 1, 28. Got uh, a few more uh, that, we <laughs> that we have, excuse me. Uh, Genesis 2, 19. And then one more verse. Uh, who is here? Gary Basham is going to read Psalm 8, verse 4 through 6. Okay, we're going to uh, look this morning at two ideas, and that has to do with curse and dignity in works. So let's get our main verse, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. Okay, curse and dignity. Let's look this morning at the God of work. We began last week, we looked at a number of incorrect ideas about work and how it would play out. Uh, we're going to examine two of those that we talked about last week because we want to address them 
biblically. And so uh, there's an incorrect idea. If I remember right, it was Dave Burke. He said that uh, uh, in the church that he was raised in, they taught that work itself is a curse, that that is part of the curse of sin. And uh, so this idea, that is, that is completely incorrect. But we have to examine this from both a secular or non-Christian uh, uh, arena and then the, uh, the Christian arena. So in the secular arena, ancient Greeks, they believed that the gods made human beings to work. In other words, the real idea is that they made people to do the work they didn't want to do. And uh, this was no blessing to them. Work was demeaning. Uh, In the Greek understanding, work was a curse that people had to do because the gods made them and nothing else. Aristotle, the philosopher, said the ability to live without having to work, that is the primary qualification for a genuinely worthwhile life. Think about this. So, in other words, your life is not worth living. You are actually a useless human being if you're working a job. It's not until you can get enough money to where you don't have to work, and you can pay some other worthless human being, that your life actually takes meaning. In modern society, now that was uh, ancient uh, Greek culture. In modern society, uh, I don't know if you understand this, but there are people who believe that recreation is what gives your life meaning. It's what you do after work. It's what you do on the weekend. That is what gives your life real meaning. Uh, Working however many hours a week you work, Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, whatever days you work, that is just getting in the way of recreation. Because recreation, as a matter of fact, if you've seen this, it's popped up in the news Again, in the last few weeks, there is a a, a movement that believes that it would be a human right to pay people not to work. Not not because they cannot work, but uh, this would be a permanent measure that everybody would have a basic income. This is what they call it, basic income. And uh, the idea is that you don't. So, as Dave Burke said last week, That's not just a secular idea. In Christian circles, it is also widely taught that work itself, the fact that you have to get up and go to work tomorrow, is a curse or is a result of the fall. And so, uh, so again, let me let me ask this. We we talked about it a little bit last week, but if you believe that work is because of the curse of sin, what is that going to produce in you? What is that going to do in your mentality, your attitude, your spirit? If you think, "Yep, I got to go to work," that's because Adam sinned. What do you think, sis? Resentment. You're going to resent your work. Yeah, that's that's possible. You're going to say, when I get to heaven, me and Adam are going to have a few things to say. That's right. Worthless, like you said. You are what? You'll be worthless if you don't want to do anything. Feeling that you're worthless. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. You're going to feel that what you're doing is worthless. Rich. 
Salvation can't save you from everything, okay? All right, it can save you from drugs, but not from a job, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. And Wayne, what were you going to say? Okay, and that's, we talked about that last week, gives an excuse for laziness. Okay, so I want you to keep that in mind. There are people who believe you only work because of the curse of sin. Connected with this is very important. Another idea is that work itself is pointless. The only reason why you work is to pay the bills and or or to eat. And so there are people that they feel like a worker bee or a worker ant mindlessly performing tasks in South Africa. In the 1800s, in a in a, a small town, I think they they call it Odenhag, uh, a railway switchman got in an accident and had his legs amputated. But because he needed a job, he trained a baboon named Jack <laughs> to read the signals and at the proper time pull the switch that would move the trains onto the 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 proper track. Jack the baboon worked this job for nine years and never made a mistake. He was paid a salary by the railroad. They paid him 20 cents a week and a half bottle of beer every week. (laughs) So, how many of you feel like trained monkeys? And before you put up your hand... Would you like a banana? That will clarify it. Okay. So, but this is how some people feel. It's like, yes, I have to have a job because how else am I going to eat? Put a roof over my head. How am I going to pay the bills? But, you know, a robot could do what I do. A monkey could do what I do. There is no real point to this. So that, that is... Two, those are two very destructive ideas if you think work is a curse or if you feel that work is pointless. So, the point of this Sunday school is to look, what does the Bible say about work? And so we're going to gain a biblical understanding. So, let's begin to now begin to see the, uh, the truth about work. And one of the things you're going to understand about God... God is a worker. One of the very first things that we learn about God before anything else is we learn that God works. And this is the record. This is fascinating to me. Creation is pictured as a fairly typical seven-day work week. In In God's case, six days of labor one day of rest. And so God, wanting there to be creation, wanting there to be everything that is in creation, those things did not simply appear because God wanted them to appear. The Bible uses words, and I challenge you, you could look at this in the book of Genesis. It says that God created, that God divided, that God gathered, that God made. And the reason why 
that is important is because those words are also used throughout the Bible for things that people do. This was something, it was not unique to God that only God, of course, only God can create the universe, but these words, create, divide, made, gather, whatever it is in Genesis, those are words used of people. So we learn from the beginning that God is a worker. We also learn something about God, that God is still working. John 5, verse 17. But Jesus answered them, My Father has been working until now, and I have been working. Okay, my Father has been working from the time of creation up until now. Jesus here is God in the flesh, and I am also working. I'm still working. God is still at work. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. God made visible. In other words, uh, uh, he is the image of God, the expression. Literally, you can look at Jesus Christ and you can learn what is God like. That's the point of Jesus Christ is to make God visible. And the Bible tells us this is actually something very profound. God in the flesh was a worker. God in the flesh had a job. Think about this. He can create the universe. John speaks about this, that he was the creator. And he went in and worked a job. Mark 6, verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, uh, Ju- Judas, and Simon, and not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Okay, so this is, you, you understand that uh, part of uh, Jesus' problem that he had on earth was that people continually misunderstood. He now begins his ministry... He begins to teach. He begins to do miracles. And people who knew him, they said, this guy's a carpenter. This guy has a job. So, so, and, and they're trying to get their head around this. Messiah, God coming down to rescue. They go, but he's got a job. I don't, I don't get that. How can he be so great if he has a job? But they and they completely missed this point. The Bible is actually a book in many ways about work. Listen to this quote. Paul Manier wrote a book called Work and Vocation in Scripture. He said, The Bible is an album of casual photographs of laborers, of workers. It is a book by workers, it is about workers, it is for workers. That is the Bible. And I, I challenge you as I uh, decided to, to do this, I was uh, uh, inspired to begin this and began to study. I was actually shocked at how much work is in the Bible. I, and you, you can study this for yourself. Absolutely every single section of the Bible. You understand the Bible is divided. Law, prophets, prophets, 
history, wisdom, gospels, epistles. Six very different sections. In every single section of the Bible, it will either tell us something about real workers. It tells us what kind of job they did, what kind of job they, uh, uh, or, or how well they did their job, or it gives lessons about work. So the point that I'm making, the reason why we need to do uh, or this series or we need to examine this biblically, obviously work is very important to God. And so that's why we're going to look at this biblically in detail. If there is that much reference in the Bible to work, obviously that's not a side issue to God. It is very important. So we, this is going to help us. Many of you, it's going to encourage you very much. But on the other hand, this is something that we have to make sure our thinking and our mentality lines up with God. Okay, let's open for some questions before we begin to look at work and the curse. Something you want to ask or add. Gary. I was just thinking about God creating the heavens and the earth in the beginning. The thing is, though, uh, he hasn't stopped uh, working. Jesus says he's going to build his church upon the, and the gates of hell's not going to prevail. He builds every church that we've ever planted. He's actively involved in working still in yeah. our lives. I mean, it's not like he just quit and exactly. stopped once he created all this. Well, I'm finished. I'm going to retire. Yeah. Retirement, too, is something that uh, struck my mind. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day, that people are retiring, saying, man, now I, I'm going to get to retire. I'm going to get to just kick back. And a lot of those people die because they stop working. Yeah. And something, I was talking to a guy, and he says, you know, working is what keeps me alive. And that's what keeps me going, is the working. And it keeps me busy and keeps me going because that's what I'm made for. Yeah. Pretty so we'll, we'll examine that as we, in later... Later times, later lessons. You were talking about the dignity of work. And uh, I remember uh, there's a lot of times in our society a view that certain kinds of work are more dignified than other kinds of work. And I remember back around when 9-11 happened, I read an article by some lady and she was commenting on how when those towers came down and all hell broke loose, all the people she used to hold in esteem, all the office workers and stock brokers, all these white collar jobs, they were all absolutely helpless. And it was the firemen and the policemen and the construction workers that came in and began to clear everything away and begin to save the day, pulling bodies out. How much dignity they had in her eyes once again when she saw how valuable that was. And I think a lot of times we as people, we think like that, like, well, I'm just... You know me, I just clean people's yards for a living, you know, yeah. but I've come to learn that's not any less dignified if I'm doing what God has called me to do. Yes. And that, that is one of the reasons why we're going to look at this. Very good. Rich. My question is on the flip side of that, what, what he was saying, those of us that, you know, we don't, we don't huff around a blower or a weed eater. And we, and we, ha, you know, we also do a lot of things on the internet now that it's available, and those things are work. Is 
are we looking at work in like a, you know, sweat off the brow, you're breaking your back? Or do those things still, are they still biblically dignified? Are they still... Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely. So one of the things is that uh, as I, I began, typically when I do a, a, a series, one of the things I do, this series is a subject. In other words, it's not just pulling apart specific scriptures. I, I buy lots of books. I, I want to kind of get a, a wide understanding. And so one of the things that, that is fascinating to me that we'll look at is how the Bible describes different kinds of work. So from laboring, you know, survival work, Ruth is just barely so I can eat, but there are other kinds of work, all kinds of work. So that, that is something that we'll look at. So uh, every kind of work is important. It doesn't matter what type of work you, you do. Sis, Vicki? Well, I was just going to say in answer to Richie's, you know, what his question was, is that in a society, you know, everybody's work contributes to that society's success called capitalism. That's why President Trump was so, you know, into the capitalism was because without that capitalism, our country was was languishing Financially, and now, you know, it's just the the fact that everybody is contributing, working. He was trying to get everybody working because that is what thrives. You know, that's how our country thrives. And you know, so I mean, I know it's not spiritual; it doesn't seem spiritual. But you know, without that, our country, our our country, and life as we know it would just totally, you know, yeah. fall into disrepair. Yep. Yep. That's true. Okay. Let's, let's talk now specifically about the issue of work and the curse. The book of Genesis, when you read that in the Bible, Genesis, Genesis means beginnings or we could say origins. So in the book of Genesis is a very important book because it lays out foundations. We're uh, rapidly moving toward groundbreaking and uh, building on the building. And so they're not going to start with the roof. They're not going to start with the walls. They're going to start with foundation. What goes underneath? That's very important. They dug holes and examined and looked at what kind of soil it is and all this because foundations determine what kind of structure you're, you're going to have. So the point of the book of Genesis, you read these stories and statements, it is far more than history. I deliberately called this divine design, and the, the uh, picture that the guy who does our artwork came up with is of a blueprint. I'm using that idea, because that actually is what the book of Genesis is. It's a blueprint. What is your life supposed to be? If you go back to Genesis, it has many foundational truths. What is work supposed to be? Genesis tells you what work is supposed to be. Let's get to this biblical idea. Genesis verse two, uh, chapter 2, verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Okay. So, this in this one little scripture, we say, we, we learn here that God makes a garden... It tells us what the garden is called, and then it says the man that he created, he put in that garden. The garden is called what? Eden. Eden. Eden actually means 
pleasure or delight. As many people say, it is the ideal. That is the point of the Garden of Eden. It is the ideal of the way relationship with God was supposed to be. But the Garden of Eden is actually the ideal of the way your life is supposed to be. Okay? I know we live in Prescott. That's almost Eden. But uh, uh, so, but there is something that God uh, is he's telling us. So, the book of Genesis tells us something profound about Eden, paradise, the ideal, and that is work was a part of paradise. Think about that. Work was a part of God's ideal for human beings. Let's read Genesis 2, 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Okay. So this scripture says people are made. He takes the man. He puts them in that garden, the ideal, pleasure and delight. And it tells us that God gave him a job to tend and to keep. We'll look at that in more detail uh, uh, later on. So let's go back to what we said in, in point one. There are Christians who believe that work is the curse. Adam sinned and so God said, all right, you tick me off. Go get a job. <laughs> that's... Um, Mocking, but that's the idea. That work itself is a result of the curse. So, very important. God puts them in the garden. He gives them a job. If you want to understand the Bible, you got to think. Was this before the fall or after the fall? It was before. This is telling us, this is chapter 2. The fall comes in chapter 3. So, work was not. A result of the curse, it was actually God's original intention for human being. One biblical scholar sums it up, it's perfectly clear that God's good plan always included human beings working, or more specifically living, in the constant cycle of work and rest. Hey there, Sermon Podcast listeners. This is Pastor Adam back with you again. Wanted to just take a second here to thank you once again for listening to this Sermon Podcast. We've had an explosive rate of growth and listenership for the past few weeks, and we hope that you appreciate these daily sermons to encourage you and help you. I just want to share a couple of ratings that we've gotten in the Apple Podcast application Clint B. writes a five-star review. He said, I am so grateful for our fellowship. Thank you. This podcast, very helpful through the day. Uh, Bobby Sanford from North Carolina said, inspiring. Awesome to hear sermons that are encouraging and inspiring to the church. Uh, we could really use your help to add a couple more of these very helpful reviews. Uh, these do help us to get the word out about this podcast I want you to know that we have a truly worldwide impact with this podcast from the United States to the UK, Australia, Ireland, Germany, New Zealand, South Africa, Netherlands, Canada, Romania, 
Afghanistan, Namibia, Vietnam, Switzerland, Kenya, India, Russia, Hong Kong, Ghana, Uganda, Guam, Meritus, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Zambia, Japan, Jamaica, Malaysia, Israel, Ukraine. The list goes on and on of nations that are listening to these sermons. So we just want to say thank you for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure that you're sharing these when you hear a good one. And please, if you haven't done so already, make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review of what you like about this podcast. Thank you again for listening, and back to the rest of the sermon. So God's, he built this. He makes creation. How many of you know God is powerful enough? It wasn't like... On day one, it's like, I'm exhausted. I got to go to bed. He could have simply said it and the whole world would appear. But he deliberately does this over six days and a day of rest. He makes people and he puts in them from the beginning. You have a job and you have rest. That that is meant to be uh, the uh, God's uh, ideal. So. If work itself is not the curse, if it's not the result of the curse, it was before the curse. So, chapter 3, Adam and Eve, they both sin, and so God does pronounce a curse, and it really does affect work. So, you got to think about this. What is the curse on work? How does it play out in life? Joel. (laughs) come on thorns and sweat okay thorns and sweat so but but, hold on hold on a second let's let's see if joel is brave but what's the point that's of course adam was a farmer right so uh, apparently there weren't thorns or there weren't weeds before then that's true so but how does that apply Makes work pretty hard. <laughs> okay, it makes work more difficult. John Kern, what do you think? Because of man's sin, then then uh, the world was no longer perfect. And- oh, okay, so but how does that affect your job? Now you're retired, so your job now is honeybees. <laughs> but uh, so how does that? Somebody here, you're you know, Phil said he he uh, landscapes. You, you, you're a carpenter, you frame, you do, whatever you do, you work, Rich works on it behind a computer. How does sin make your job harder? David, or who's that? Oh, Carol, sorry. Both wearing black, I was confused. Where does one stop and the other begin? Okay. Your work is diminished. It's not that God has uh, put a curse totally on work. It's just that because of the curse, it's diminished the productivity and resulting power, although he can still bless, like he did with Isaac, okay. giving him a hundredfold in a time of famine, etc. Yeah, yeah, I think you're wandering there, to kind of getting a little broader here. Sis? What do you think? Our attitude about work changes. Instead of it being a blessing from God, it becomes all those things you mentioned. Okay, and that's possible. All right, let's look specifically at the curse. Genesis three seventeen. What I and unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thy life. 
Okay, I, I chose uh, this translation, I think, is New Century Version, if I remember off the top of my head. So, he's a farmer, so for him, he says, now, uh, he says, I'll put a curse on the ground, you'll have to work very hard, in pain you will eat its food for all the days of your life. So, again, the book of Genesis is a blueprint, not just for Adam, it's for everybody. So, we learn a couple things. Number one is that work itself was not the curse because God created man, puts him in the garden, gives him a job, and he says, that's good. Now, in chapter 3, he says, Adam was already working. So work itself is not the curse. But he said, sin is going to change the nature of work. So if we can say here, the ground is going to be hard. And uh, another scripture we could have chosen talks about thorns. And that's what Joel brought out is weeds. So really what we're saying, uh, God says, what is going to change about work is there is going to be resistance. Now connected with your work is frustration. That is actually the work itself is not the curse. Think about this. Your job is more frustrating because of sin. Your job is harder because sin affects people. Do any of you work with jerks? <laughs> Are any of you jerks? Don't put your hand up. That's all right. Okay, think about it. All the different places that you've worked in the world. Any of you have the guy that when there's work to be done, he's off hiding somewhere. Any of you work with that guy? Any of you work with the complainer? He makes you miserable because all day long, why do we got to do that? You ever work with that guy? So my job's harder because of your mouth. <laughs> right? Or, and, and in a hundred different ways. Some of you here, you, you have... Uh, uh, some of you own businesses. Your job is harder because small-minded little politicians have to justify their existence. So they're thinking up thousands of ways to make your job harder. Is that right? Sin. Any of you work with people that on the job is a power struggle. They take everything personal. They're getting envious. They're backbiting. They're talking bad. They're organizing people against each other. All of those are a result of sin. Dishonesty. Is, uh, that, that causes uh, problems. Internal, as, as uh, our, sis said, uh, our sister said, is that on the inside, something changes in us. We have bad attitudes. Are any of you would be honest, you go to work with a bad attitude. Some of you. <laughs> Three people. <laughs> there is definitely going to be an altar call. I promise you that right now. Uh, and then, of course, spiritual, for some people, and we briefly mentioned this last week, sin changes people's view of work. And so we're talking, some people, it's laziness, I don't want to work. Some of you, that's not your problem. Absolutely, you will work. Having to sleep is a bummer because you would really rather work. Because to you, work is an idol. When God says, you will have no other gods before me. You say, I'm not a Hindu. I got no gods at home. I'm not Catholic. No, no, no. But you have a job that you worship. 
because your job is your means of justifying your existence on this earth. I'm worth something because I'm making money. I can't come to church. I'm making money. You have a God that's before the true God. Sin changed it. That was not what a job was supposed to be. When God gave Adam a job, he didn't say, now you got this job, you don't need me. So sin, the curse of sin is that it changes the very fact of whether your job is with your hands and your muscles, whether your job is mental, working behind a computer, whether it is creative, making beautiful things, whether it is helping people, taking care, whatever it might be, sin changes work. And that is part of the problem. Some of you are, you are believers. The curse of sin is working in you. The curse of sin is working in the people you work with, the environment you work with. The Bible says work itself is not a curse. But the curse of sin definitely affects work. Okay, let's open for comments or questions. Wayne. At the end of the study, are you going to do an examination of what work will be like after Jesus comes back and sets up his establishment on earth? I've thought about that a lot. What is it going to be like? What are we going to do for yeah, work? Yeah, we'll, we'll allude to it. Obviously, you know, the way I, the, my rule of interpreti- interpreting the Bible, Wayne, is the things that the Bible speaks very little about, I speak very little about. Yeah. So It'd be I'm, interesting to yeah, speculate Yeah, so on. We'll, we'll allude to it, but I promise you, you're not going to have the understanding of what are you going to do for <laughs> the thousand years of the millennium. No. Okay, okay so thank you. That's, that's a difficult one. Vince. Um, just, just an example. On the front row, Woody. An example of the the difference. Um, there was a game that I was playing where I basically did in the game what I do for work, and playing that game was totally fun. I loved to play it all the time. But when I went to work, it was a drudgery, and it was doing the exact same thing. But when it was actually being productive, it was a drudgery. Wow. <laughs> okay, Dennis. One of the thoughts I had about Adam before the fall because he was an eternal creature with no sickness, that work was probably effortless for him. And then after the curse, uh, of course, then he, there was effort to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Or, and sickness gets in the way of productivity. That, that, that's true. I've been battling sickness, and so it's, uh, it's uh, difficult. My job has to continue in some ways. Uh, even if I don't feel like it. So that, that, that's true. That's true for you. Some, any, any of you go to, go to work, you don't feel good. Okay, so your job is harder because of the curse of sin. Betty. Um, God made us perfect, body and spirit. And in the nursery, uh, we had a child that did not move. He was born without the the thought ability, the brain telling the muscles to move. And that's a curse of sin. And so we would move his muscles. And it made me understand that God made us to move. And that's part of what work was all about. He, he made us spiritually and physically. And we have to move. And if we don't move, we become um, 
just sort of a lump of clay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but it's made, that's part of work, is getting us to move. Yeah, and that that can be. And, And for some people, it's getting their brain to move. Some people are really good at moving their body, their brains don't move so much, so... It's obvious uh, Adam didn't go around the garden wearing that bumper sticker, (laughs) I-O-I-O. It's off to work I go. (laughs) But occasionally through the frustration and everything, when a job is well done, I get some personal satisfaction out of that, like something good. I like to look at it, and and I think, like, you know, that's what God had him doing, things that he he enjoyed even doing, you know? Yes. Yes, and and we're going to... We're going to look at this. Okay, let's talk now about work and human dignity because this is anybody who feels that work is a curse or feels that their work is, is, makes them a trained monkey, they are missing the idea, and this is a biblical idea, work is directly connected. It's, it's a dignity issue. It's not simply, I'm going to give you a job so you can... Have enough money to pay the bills, place to sleep, and and you have food to eat. To God, work is an issue of dignity. Okay. The Bible says something about, and we're going to use the word, the Bible word is man. It's, It's not a gender issue. It's human beings are created in the image of God. Let's, let's read that. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over all creeping things that creeps on the earth. So God created man and his own image, and God cre- the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay, so many, many years ago I did a whole uh, study out of the book of uh, Genesis talking about this word image. We are made in the image of God. That has nothing to do with whether God looks like you. That is not at all what it's talking about. Is that human beings are reflections of God. That's what the word means. Reflection, representation. There's something about people that they reflect God, that they represent God and do what God would do if he were there. That's, it's a very broad subject. But I want you to notice this. Being in the image of God is set in the context of work. Okay, look at this scripture. Is, he is saying, Adam, you have a job. You're going to have dominion over the birds of the uh, air, the cattle, all the earth and every creeping thing. He made him in the image of God, male and female. So he says, this is set in the context of work. It's not disconnected from work. It's not this glorious, you are in the image of God. And I suppose you got to go get a job now. That's unspiritual. Quickly finish your job and get back to what's really important. No, no, no. It's, it's tied. Your job is part of being created in the image of God. So, 
When the Bible gives us in Genesis 1 and 2 the creation description, it tells us about uh, the six days of creation. It, it makes a very deliberate difference between creatures, birds, fish, animals, etc., etc. I know some of you think dogs are people, but according to the Bible, it makes a difference between creatures and people. What it says about creatures is simply that they are to exist and that they're supposed to bring forth, right? They're simply supposed to be there, whether that is looking beautiful, and they're supposed to reproduce, make more of them. They were to multiply. That is God. That is his description of creatures, whether plant or animals. All you do is exist, and all you do is bring forth, produce, or all you do is reproduce. That's it. That's their purpose. But people, on the other hand, he gives, first of all, he made them. And when it talks about human beings, it gives us job descriptions. Animals didn't get that. Plants didn't get that. People got that. They, they got a job or we could say in some cases an office, meaning a, a, a position, they were given a task. Let's look at two scriptures that talk about this. Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over all the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Okay, he wants people, in a later scripture he says, I, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, which he says of living creatures, but now he says, you're supposed to have dominion. You're supposed to exercise, that's going to take work to exercise dominion, Genesis 1, 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have a dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so here's the be fruitful, multiply, that's true of every living creature. But he says you are to fill the earth and to subdue it. What scholars believe is that God created the whole earth did not look like Eden. So in some way, we don't know, was it a desert, was it... You know, the weed, did it look like, you know, Prescott Valley? Was it just empty? We don't, we don't know. But in some way, God says, you have a purpose. You are to bring order in the earth. That's your job. Bringing order. You are to make the rest of the earth like Eden. That was the original intention. It was a job. Genesis 2, verse 19. To Adam to see what he would call them, and whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Okay, so now we get back to this was Rich's question. Is not every job in the world involves muscles? 
So now here's a part of Adam's task. What is Adam's task is to bring organization, classification. In other words, this is mental. Adam, just stand there. And the Bible says God made all the animals come by. And God says, I want them organized. What are are we going to call them? Hey, brown thing. No, no, no. He gave them names. Some of you, that is your job. Your job, you get on a computer, you organize, you classify, you sort. Rich was talking about his job. He works in... In the, in the arena of motor vehicle division, what type? I've gotten my license uh, or registration through there. What type? What? It's order. But, and that is what God brings from the beginning. And so the Bible says, according to God, this brings dignity to people. Whether your job is with your muscles, whether your job is primarily with your brain, whether your job is creative, making things that are beautiful, according to God, that's not just to eat, that gives you dignity. Let's look at Psalm chapter 8, verse 4 through 6. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou made, madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and hast put all things under his feet. Okay, so think about this. Man made in the image of God, which is reflection. So what this scripture says is thinking about people, you have crowned human beings with, uh, with glory and honor. In other words, human beings have dignity, and what is their dignity? One of the things that immediately talks about that idea of dominion, which refers back to Genesis, Your job, your function, your task, whether that is in the home, whether that is in a factory, whether that's in an office, in an artist's studio, whatever it might be, we reflect God, we have dignity as we work. Dorothy Sayers said, what is the Christian understanding of work? It is that work is not a thing that one does to live, but the thing one lives to do. It should be the full expression of the worker's faculties, the medium in which he offers himself to God. We're going to talk about this in later lessons. Work is spiritual. It is absolutely spiritual, and that's that's the idea. So... Here's the point. We need to work. Some of you, the curse of sin is is in you. You deeply resent the fact that you have to work at all. You plot how to get out of it. You don't get it. According to God, we need to work. When people don't have a task in life, in whatever arena, it removes dignity. Listen to this. Without meaningful work, we sense significant inner loss and emptiness. People who are cut off from work because of physical or other reasons quickly discover how much they need work to thrive emotionally, physically, and, and spiritually. I have, through the years, I have pastored in places where the economy was bad, various uh, uh, different issues, and people could not find employment, or people were injured, and that made it difficult to find employment. Fascinating, none of those people 
did better emotionally and spiritually. Like, woohoo! I can't work. Now I get to spend more time with God. <laughs> None of them in their dignity. As a matter of fact, I would watch sometimes their physical appearance. Sometimes simply their, their, their demeanor in life. It, it changed because this is biblical. God made people to have a task. And when you don't, in some way, this is going to rob you of dignity. Now, that is true of all work. I don't care whether you're flipping burgers, digging ditches, hauling trash, or whether you are a CEO of a corporation or business uh, 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 owner. Old Testament scholar Victor Hamilton says, in the surrounding cultures such as Egypt and Mesopotamia, the king or others of royal blood might be called the image of God, but that term image of God was never applied to common workers like the canal digger or stonemason. But Genesis chapter 1 uses royal language to simply describe man or human beings. And God's eyes, all of mankind is royal, and that is connected to the work that we do. What are people doing when God refers to them as the image or uh, the reflection of God? Fulfilling a task, working. So work has dignity in itself. When we work, we are like God because he is a worker. And when we work, we represent God. And we're going to look at those ideas in great detail. Okay, let's open. That should give us some ideas. Jenny? Jenny? <laughs> the feminazis have tried to make uh, housework a uh, curse. They've tried to really downsize it, make it little. I heard your dad preach one time, and a woman had asked him, what is spiritual for a woman to do? And his reply was, "Keep care, take care of the kids, clean the house, do the laundry, do the cooking, do all that stuff. I don't know how many working women I have told when they've asked me, what do I do for a living? I say, well, I'm a housewife. Oh, I wish I could do that. Women really want to do that. Yeah, so we'll talk. That's one of the issues is work uh, in the home. That'll be a later lesson. Rich? The first was um, when you were talking earlier about our sin affecting our work, you're talking in the, maybe I'm dense, but you're talking in the greater aspect of sin. The sin Our sin, no, not like my individual sin is having a problem with my work, you know. Yeah, unless there's something you want to tell us. Yes, that's right. (laughs) No, I'm talking about sin in general, the sin nature, yes. And then uh, uh, just a, a new question is completely separate was, um, uh, gosh, my brain. That's, that's the problem right there. That's there. the curse of sin yeah, right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it works. Can you, uh, in the first lesson, I believe you touched on it. You, you defined, uh, our, you know, my volunteer lay ministry. And then I have work, how those two come together and how they are also kind of separate. Can you touch on that again? Just because I, I think some people will, you know, we go to a job, we clock in, we do our thing. But what I'm really supposed to be doing is what, you know, yeah. my thing so, for God. So I won't touch on it today because that's a whole lesson. We're oh. going to begin next week. We're going to look at, there's a word I want you to think about all week long. It's the word vocation. Vocation. Vocation is a is a... A spiritual word. Okay, some of you went to vocational school, 
But vocation is actually a spiritual word, and it completely changes the uh, understanding of work. When you understand vocation, I'll give you a hint, it means calling. And it's not an accident that the word calling is applied to work. And so we're going to look at that next week. That's all we have time for. God bless you. Service will start at 1030. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people. Oh,